Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches on part one of the sermon entitled, Rise and Build. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Haggai chapter one. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. Help us to rise from all complacency and build the house of God. Spirit of the living God, fall upon us. Fine-tune our mind. Drive away all drowsiness. Help us to hear and do. Not hear and argue. Not hear and forget. Not hear and delay. Not hear and postpone. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The New Year resolution is let us rise from our complacency and let us rise to build God's house. Haggai means happy. Maybe he was born on a feast day. Haggai began to prophesy in 520 BC to the exiles who failed to rebuild the temple when they returned in 538 BC under the leadership of Zerubbabel the governor and Joshua the high priest. Because of their failure to honor God, they began to experience divine discipline for 16 years, especially economically. And as we read the prophecy, Haggai assures us, when we obey God, he will begin to bless us. First, we need spiritual blessings. May God help us to repent, friends, and turn to God, and in turn be blessed by God beginning today. We need a renewal, first in the churches, that will affect the nation for the better. We need Haggai's and Zechariah's to rise and exhort the people of God to consider their ways and turn to serve God according to the Holy Scriptures. So I want to say several things from this prophecy of Haggai. First, disobedience. 50,000 Jews returned from exile for the purpose of rebuilding the second temple. Under the decree and provision of King Cyrus in 538 BC. They came and they laid the foundation and also they built the altar for sacrifice. Yet within three years they discontinued the project because of certain opposition of their enemies. They failed to trust in God to deliver them 
from all their enemies. Count on it, friends. Whenever we begin to serve our God acceptably, there shall be opposition. Satan hates God's holy people. As you noticed when you read the book of Job, Satan hated Job, a blameless and upright man of God. Satan is against God and God's work. St. John tells us he is the great dragon, the ancient serpent, the devil, the accuser of the brethren, who opposes Christ and his church daily. The world is under his control. So the world is against God's people. Remember Nehemiah a century later. Was opposed also. But he believed God to prosper his work. Of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Which he by God's help accomplished. In a very short period of 52 days. So this year, expect opposition as we rise and build God's house. Not only from the world and from Satan, from church itself. Remember what Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. Jesus defeats all his enemies. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yes, all forces of evil are arrayed against us. Yet we shall overcome in the Lord. If God is for us, who can be against us? So these people... In fear, discontinued the work of God for 16 years from 536 to 520 BC. Now God is taking initiative to rebuild the temple. That God himself may dwell in their midst and bless his people. They had started, but they did not continue To finish it. Friends God is looking for people. Who not only starts. But continues. And finishes the job. Remember what Saint Paul. Told to. Archippus. Colossians 4.17. Tell Archippus. See to it. That you complete the work. You have received in the Lord. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What God starts, he finishes. And what we start, we must finish. St. Paul says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. 
I have kept the faith. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God who sent me and to finish it. So on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. So let us begin to rise and build God's temple. But what is his temple today? Not an ornate and costly building where he dwells. God dwells not in buildings anymore. He dwells in his people. Individually and corporately. So Paul says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. That's why the person who causes division in the church is opposed to by God. And God will destroy him. St. Paul says again, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that, friend. Your body is not your own. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you have no right to abuse it and to destroy it. To rise and build means to repent and turn to God and live in obedience to his royal will. For his glory and for our great joy. Number two, the divine accusation, God's charge against his people. God brings charges against his people through his prophet Haggai. Even so, today, God speaks to us through parents and pastors. Listen to them. And be careful to obey them. Notice God shows his displeasure. By calling them these people. Verse 2 of chapter 1. Not my people. God is not pleased with us. When we disobey him. He says my house lies in ruins. Verse 4 and verse 9. God is homeless. Before he dwelt in the tabernacle. Exodus 40. And in the temple of Solomon. 1 Kings 8. When God dwells in the temple. When God dwells in our midst. We are blessed. By his manifest presence. As God, king, priest and prophet. We receive revelation. God gives us disclosure of his truth. The temple is a house of prayer. God listens to our prayers and answers. We offer sacrifices for atonement. And so we receive forgiveness of our sins. When God dwells in the midst of us, he makes provision for us. He gives us protection. He gives us guidance. And he rules us as king. God's dwelling in the midst of his people. Is the greatest blessing for his people. Then people live in God's presence. Coram Deo. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you, Jesus said. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. This the exiles fail to do. Friends, only one thing is needful. Knowledge of God and communion with God. To live in God's presence. Because they failed to build the temple, they became unclean people whose sacrifices became unacceptable to God. Chapter 2, 13 and 14. They lived a life of self-sufficiency and independence. Such a life is a cursed life. A blessed life is a life of dependence on God. In God's sufficiency. These exiles lived a life of frustration. Futility. Failure. And great misery. Joy and happiness eluded them. Number three. The defense of the people. They put forth a defense. And what was the defense? Building God a house is a good idea. But the time is not yet. Excuses, sir. Excuses. It's amazing how sinful mind creates in the head excuses one after another. The time is not yet. Of course, 16 years went by. But they still thought time to rebuild is not yet opportune. Friends, people get used to a godless life. A cursed life of misery. Unless God himself takes the initiative in waking us up from our stupor. We all live in misery when God is not dwelling in the midst of us. Not only that, there is a logical flaw in their argument. And God points it out. They lived in luxurious houses themselves. So God refutes their reasoning. He asks, is it time for you to live in big luxurious houses? You want God to wait. You want heaven to wait. You have time and money to build for yourselves houses. But you have no time for God. God is saying it is a lame excuse. These people have no interest in spending time and money on God's house. They can do without God. The truth was, it was time for them to build in 538 God's house. It was time for them to build in 537, 536, 535, and so on. It was always time in God's will for them to build God's house. Friends, 
Time is now. Now is the time. St. Paul says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. It is time now to repent and return to God. Today is the time. Number four. Divine discipline. When we disobey God, he disciplines us. Chastisement, punishment. It is costly to delay the building of God's house. It is hurtful to us to say manana to God. Do not postpone seeking God. Seek God today. Covenant disobedience leads to curses. That's a fundamental teaching in the Bible. So we read in Deuteronomy 28, 38 and 39, you will sow much seed in the field, but you will harvest little. Because locusts will devour it. You will plant vineyards and cultivate them, but you will not drink the wine or gather the grapes because worms will eat them. They should have read the Bible because this revelation was given to them very early on. Listen to Amos chapter 4. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and lack of bread in every town. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. And you read the rest four times. He says, but you did not return to the Lord. The divine design in chastising us that we may repent and return to God and be blessed by him. 1 Corinthians 11.30 we read, for this reason, because of sin. Many of you are weak and many of you are sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. And so you read chapter 1 verse 6. You have planted much but have harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. That speaks about high inflation. Verse 9 through 11. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy. They, are, they, they were working, sir. Busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their due And the earth its crops. I called for a drought. On the fields and the mountains. On the grain. On the new wine. The oil. And whatever the ground produces. On men and cattle. And on the labor of your hands. And you read chapter 2. 16 through 17. The same idea. I blew away. Chapter 1 verse 9. I called for a drought. Chapter 1 verse 11. I struck you. Chapter 2 verse 17. Have some respect for God. He is sovereign and he is all powerful and almighty. And he knows how to deal with me. And with you. 
He knows where to touch where you are vulnerable. Friends, God controls nature. Chapter 1 verse 10. And God controls nations. Chapter 2, 6 through 8 and 20 through 23. Nations are but a drop in the bucket. Nations are likened to a dust on the scales. And God controls future. Chapter 2, 6 through 9. Look at it. I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. Future is under his control. And thank God. He controls the future for us. We can trust him. Godless life, friends, is a life of unhappiness, frustration, futility, emptiness, misery, pain, loss. Because of curses due to our disobedience. God brought misery upon people. God was disciplining them. Number five, as I said, what is the divine design? Why is he doing this to us? Not just to punish us. He is punishing us with a purpose. That you repent, forsake your sin, turn to God. As we read in Amos 4, 6 through 10, God disciplines his people through pain, sufferings. That they repent and turn to God. They seek first God. That they see the right priority. God demands that he be first in our life. That we do his will. That is what our confession Jesus is Lord means. He will not be satisfied by being second creatures he disciplines us that we may serve him as God and king the best place for us to be is second to God God is first we are second this is the prescription for eternal happiness but these people did not seek him first by pleasing him and honoring him By earnestly building his house. Turn to verse 8 of chapter 1. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. He demands that we please him and that we honor him. He never begs, he commands, demands, requires. They did not even repent when God disciplined them. They failed to understand the divine purpose behind all the punishment. So take a look at chapter 2 and verse 17. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. There it is, the divine design for his punishing us. They did not grasp the divine design of discipline. Great spiritual tragedies are taking place in some Christian homes. They built the home on sand 
and it has come down with great crash. Matthew 7, 27. And when there is great crash, God is speaking in the crash. That you repent. You turn to God and do what is right. Now run away. Don't forget God's design in these tragedies. Turn to God and seek him first. He longs to bless us as you obey him. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to begin this year in repentance. Help us to rise from our complacency and build that you may dwell in the midst of us that we may be blessed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this sermon entitled, Rise and Build. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.